But I definitely think, man, if if I work better with my hands and I can go to trade school yeah. and I'm in and out in a year yeah. and then, or I want to do some sort of nursing and I can get it done in a different way, a different, sure. you know, two years, that none of this is, there's no Rosetta stone uh, of like, this is the way it's got to be. It's yeah. set in stone. You can't move it. But I think uh, the biggest thing about is if, first of all, teenagers accepting who God's made you and that you're in his image and that if you're his child, you don't need to be anything more other than to give your best for his glory in whatever area he then leads you to. Hello, welcome to Weary Dads. I'm your host, PJ Weary, and I'm here with my co-host. That's me, Pete Weary, PJ's dad. And uh, today, actually, uh, I got the idea for, and I want to do this as a series because I know there's a lot that you have to share on this. I mean, you have decades of experience as a youth decades. pastor. Decades. Decades is another word for your old. Um, but how to talk to your teens. So uh, how to talk to your teens, what are lessons for your teens, whether, um, basically, we had someone say, hey, I would love for you to provide content for my teenager. and to be honest, the idea of having a third podcast kind of broke me, but I was like, that's something we could definitely either yeah, yeah. to share things and to share content that either you can talk through with your kids or you could have your kids listen to this with you and talk through what we're discussing today. Um, you have decades of experience as a youth pastor. We don't I need was, to keep saying that. We understand. <laughs> decades. I mean, no. Um, years and I, years and years. Uh, I was a teacher, um, dorm counselor. Uh, I think actually we could do one on college age, which I think is slightly different. There, there are these stages of life that yeah, we created. Yeah, you know that'd be a good one too. Yeah, no, that's actually, that's on the list. But It um, is now. And, uh, and I was a youth pastor for a little bit, even in a, a very different way. But I think your experience with youth may be just as much that you were a youth pastor's son, so you were always around it. Yes. That may be a a good a qualifier as any. Just you are always around it as well as your brother and your mom. So Yeah, exactly. Um, so what are if you could say anything to the parents of teens or to teenagers themselves, what are some of the lessons and what are the some of the most important things to communicate to teenagers? Okay, first of all, every kid, and this is gonna be some dumb moments, but every child is different. And every child is gifted in ways that will stretch you and them. And it's really good. It's a dynamic that makes the parent a better uh, person. Hmm. It's a dynamic that allows you to understand not to put your kids in a box and to put yourself in a box. Um, I, I think there's an importance of recognizing the ch- child's spiritual condition because one of the biggest things you can teach them is if they're a child of God, that their identity isn't in what they do, but who they are in Christ and what they can become for his glory. And I say that because, man, I'm around a lot of parents that put uh, undue pressure on their kids and on themselves for their kid to be, excel in different areas of life, a.k.a. academics, athletics, 
fine arts. And there are already right now, as I'm speaking, as a parent's going, well, shouldn't our kids do their best? Whether therefore eat or drink or what? That is so true. But I use the word undue pressure. Sure. Okay. Because there is a mandate for us as children of God, accepted in Christ, to give our best for God's glory. Here's the crazy thing in this world. Not everybody can be the best by the very definition of best. Everybody can be their best. That's different. And that's where I think that's some beginning. You know, uh, I would encourage that to be a challenge to all of us as parents. I love that because I had something similar but slightly different written down. And so I'd love to just riff off that. Everybody's different. And that's a good thing. Yes. The problem with school is that it tends to emphasize certain gifts. So there's a lot of kids who go through school. And I've, I've seen this quote. It's a great quote. And I've seen it attributed to Albert Einstein, which probably means it's just a really good quote. And someone found, you know, the, the, there's so many quotes. You don't know that. <laughs> Albert Einstein may have actually said this one. But if you spend, um, and I'm going to paraphrase it here, but. If you spend a fish's lifetime trying to convince it to climb a tree, it's going to think it's stupid and bad at what it does. I never heard that. Oh, you know what I did? I was yeah. there when Albert said that. No. Oh, that's fair. I, yeah, no. Decades. No. Decades. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't. But, I don't. Uh, it, and so what we have is in, in school, you have, I mean, we see this. It's, you have athletics, right? You have academics. Uh, there are like the theater kids. Fine arts. Fine arts, but even then, like painting or things with your hands, and they, you kind of have the the woodworking stuff. But really, I mean, speaking directly to teenagers and you know, parents, if you're talking to a teenager, just because you're not succeeding in school, there are, and I, I'll say this, a million different ways to succeed yes. that aren't available in school. There, there are, and that's so. Don't, as a parent, don't panic if your kid's not succeeding. So, so it's an artificial environment. Yeah, we we were talking about this. Uh, a friend of ours, Kurt Kramer, we were talking about not everybody's supposed to go to college, and not everybody needs to go to college. And yeah. if the don't, kid, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, if the kid doesn't go to college, the school didn't fail. That there's a mindset yeah. like, oh, our graduation, right? Great graduation, and then our our um, acceptance, college acceptance rate, right, right. right. And then you find out, you find kids who say, yeah, I, I'm going to this college. But then you find out that's a hop, skip, and a jump. They're going to community college first. And somebody would go, what? Yeah, because community college may be affordable and better for them at that point. And, I mean, there's so many dynamics with all this. But all that is by undue pressure, unrealistic expectations um, that we put on people. And it's unfair and wrong. And I don't... Um... I didn't even have this written down, but this is something I say to people all the time. Um, it's something that I've seen as a teacher, something I've seen as a youth pastor. And just, you know, for what PJ thinks about, right? Like, I love academics. It's something that speaks to me. Mm -hmm. um, but if you don't know what you want to do with your life, spending $40,000, to $40,000 a year to figure it out, is a waste of money. Well, there are so many other ways. It's clearly not wise. Yes. Which, if you you should go to college with a purpose. Right. If you if you're going to college to figure out what you want to do or to party, I mean, not that I would condone the college party scene, but I got to be honest, 
you can party in your hometown for considerably yeah. cheaper than doing we don't it at the want to talk about partying either place. <laughs> but here's the deal: I don't think kids need to know what they want to do. They just know that they want to do something that will require a degree, and it'll all pan out. I I, I hope that makes sense. But I definitely think, man, if if I work better with my hands and I can go to trade school yeah. and I'm in and out in a year yeah. and then, or I want to do some sort of nursing and I can get it done in a different way, a different, sure. you know, two years. That none of this is, there's no Rosetta stone uh, of like, this is the way it's got to be. It's yeah. set in stone. You can't move it. But I think uh, the biggest thing about is if, first of all, teenagers accepting who God's made you and that you're in his image and that if you're his child, you don't need to be anything more other than to give your best for his glory in whatever area he then leads you to. Yes. Um, I, I, so I, the one example that didn't come up that I would use too is if you're really just like not sure what you want to do and you're thinking about going to college or it's like, I don't even know what major I want to go into, don't spend twenty to $40,000 doing that. Go backpack around Europe or Asia for $2,000 and figure out or or work a job and figure out what you like to do and it, take take a gap year take yeah, two gap I years it doesn't you hurt you There's, it I, doesn't hurt you I you got, have time i have friends that started uh gap year schools links and it was really giving them life experiences in some right. of these things travel and so forth yeah uh lancaster bible's done it there's a school in missouri called link year yeah. it's and i think that's a great way for a kid to um experience and experiment yeah. where they want to uh, live life and to do. Well, and I'm going to have him on Chasing Leviathan at some point, but really good friend of mine, his name's Josh Pagley. His company's just starting to take off. It's going to be it's going to be big and you can see it happening. He's doing it the right way. Not a college graduate. He finished high school early. He was homeschooled. He was 17 and he worked for free for uh, a coding like a programming company. Yes. And uh, his wife went for two to three years, spent $80,000 to become a computer programmer, and he's a better programmer than her, working on the job for one year. And he, he also gained a lot We're of time doing it that. just the switch on the industry of college right <laughs> yeah. now. But I mean, like, I mean, when you look at that specific thing, what he wants to do, that's what was most important. And then he learned how to learn, and he just reads business books by the just like he just devours business books. He loves it. He's moving into that field. He's doing well. Like you, when you talk to him, he's obviously knowledgeable about it. Mm -hmm. And it just that was a clear and better path for him because he figured out what he wanted to do with his life. And this is, I, I do think there is something to the notion that high school is extended adolescence. And there's some historical reasons for that. I need to do a little more research myself, but I've heard some things that make a lot of sense to me in terms of babysitting keeping young kids out of the workforce, that kind of stuff. Like what, you know, a lot of that happened during the great depression mm -hmm. and you just look at it and you're like, high school is very artificial. And I think this would lead. And then just that idea that you're not, don't measure your self-worth by high school and don't worry about what other people think about you in high school. Because honestly, the people who still talk about, I'm 32, the people I talk to, who are 32 and still talk about being in high school and they're really proud of it are losers. Wow. That's kind of harsh Peach. <laughs> it's true though. You know, like, I mean, no one, if you could be like, Oh, I was good in high school. That's fine. But if you're like, if, if your glory years are when you were 15, 
that is a sad life. Yeah, I think your glory years are every year. You know, that's yeah, it, well, it's it. what should be. Right, 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 right. right. So I think, uh, so I look back at my high school year, and I am grateful for them and what I learned and all I gained and opportunities. And then my college years, um, then when I first got out in the workforce, all these different things. I think the biggest thing I would say to a teen is, and and it goes back to kind of what you said about the party. And I said to your brother, I said, listen, you're not going to Samford to get better at the Xbox. I don't know if you want to play it, but, and you know, both your boys got good grades. So yeah, 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 that yeah. helped. But if I had found out Drew was spending all his time and he wasn't doing his academics, right. I might've said, I'm not paying for this. I'm not paying for it. Right, this. it's pointless. And there are still times Drew goes, I shouldn't have done this at Sanford. I should have changed my major. Maybe I shouldn't have gone right, gotten the films. But I also think there's lessons that are learned, yeah. not not just through college, but for other things. But back to the whole teenager thing, how do you help your teenager? I think you got to help them navigate by experiencing and experimenting with different things. I think one of the best things you do with your kids is take them out of the box scenarios travel uh invite hmm. them to different uh things whatever it may be um expos or whatever get them into areas where they will see things and experience things outside of what your life is aka not just the athletics it sounds ridiculous but i think it's important take them to the zoo take them to restaurants get them to see opportunities and options um and and even as I'm saying, I'm grasping for like get, getting them into Chicago and going to a show. Yeah. Like seeing how, and then talking to them about jobs that are available in that field, if they loved it, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, I just think it's huge. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, there's a kind of a corollary to this and I wanted to bring this up because there is just this uh, huge thing about those four years of high school. If you live to be 80, which is over the national average for America, um, you will have 20 four-year periods. And each one of those can be as valuable, if not more so, than high school. Uh, so to give an example, you uh, not to give an example, to give to the, a further explanation, you don't have to succeed all the time. Really, you only have to succeed once really well in your life to make things work out. And you can succeed in small ways, too. Like, there's all sorts of different ways and different paths. But, like, for instance, Raymond Chandler wrote, I, I, I always use this example because it meant a lot to me. Mm -hmm. Because I've had to take a different path. Okay. He wrote his, my favorite book by him when he was 72. Is that the and, Maltese Falcon? No, he's that's Dashiell Hammett. Uh, that's uh, the Long Goodbye. Oh, okay. And I think the Big Sleep was like when he was sixty-eight. I mean, that's decades of like him writing right. pulp fiction for magazines. Right, writing, so, and like, writing, and writing. Think about how big you're talking about. There are there's forty to fifty years between your high school years and when he did that. And that's when you could have your life's work could come out when you're 72. Right. So what are we telling a teenager about that? Don't enjoy your high school years? No. No, What's keep trying. Yes. And build yourself. I just want to clarify because yes. I can see somebody out there going, why are they bashing high school? It's not bashing. It's this. There's a hyperfixation. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. It's just, it's part of the process yes. of them 
becoming who they are supposed to be. And I actually feel this way. Loved my high school years, loved college, loved getting out and coaching, loved that I did that, but I feel like I'm in the best years of my service of what I do. And that was all from the ages of, you know, really narrowing down what I wanted to do in my life began around 15 or 16. I want to coach. Then doing that till I was 50. And now I'm thinking 50 to to 70, maybe 72, who knows uh, what the Lord has. I'm experiencing kind of the fruit of all that labor to really be an impactor. So teens, don't yeah. get stuck in a box. Yeah. Don't fear not knowing. I think that's one of the biggest challenges. We're not going to spend this all talking about college age in any way, but I think it carries over the adolescence years like into the, to college. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Yes. You know, I, and I think one, thank you for bringing that up. Cause I, I, I don't know how I sound. So maybe if I, if I sound too negative about high school years, that's not my intention. I just see when I talk to, to teenagers, it's like, oh man, my prom, it's like, well, your first date's going to be great too, you know, with your, with your wife or whatever, you know? And so just allowing, I have good memories of high school, not my favorite years, but I had good memories. I have great memories of college, loved college. Right. And, but you know, what's funny. And I think this is part of it too. The memories that I look back on most fondly from high school and college are not the, like, not like the classic college high school experiences. They're the relationships I formed that I have kept. Yes. And yes. a lot of times what you see teenagers do is they, instead of creating good friendships and good relationships, they chase popularity, right? They chase certain... Well, it, almost emotional highs. Like you're talking about yes. pride, emotional highs. So I remember now who I took my senior year to the banquet, whatever, like prom. I remember now going. When was the last time you talked to her? Well, I've never talked to her. Probably even <laughs> after that. That's that's what I'm saying. Not like past, it's like. The, that's why I just remember, right? And then I remember my junior year. I think who I went with. I remember I was a freshman in college and got asked to go back. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I went. Okay. Um, I think we're Facebook friends. But dude, that's it. Like yeah, you're exactly right. That now relationships with a couple of uh, guys that we grew together spiritually and stuff. I stay in touch with those people. Still I, one of my best friends is someone that I met right. in high school. And my, so right. what are we, the, again, we're sharing our experiences, but let yeah. me say this to you all teens, enjoy your years, serve your years. Don't get caught up in the stress and the pressures that I've got to know exactly what I'm going to do what, when you're in high school. Or even when you're in college, and I think even those are all what we would call formative years of developing probably more important than anything else, your character, not what you do, but who you are and yes. you know what you want to be for the kingdom of God. Invest in yourself. Right. Well, yeah. it, be, invest in yourself, especially spiritually. Yes. You know, right now, I just did a video with your mom the other day. I looked at it. It's got a number of hits. It's for kids that we've coached and other people. But I invested in my spiritual walk without even knowing I was doing it. She did. Then we became invested in each other's spiritual walk. And that is why for over three decades, I think in 85, so this year it'll be 
37 years we'll be married in in July. That's what I remember. Yeah. And I don't remember everything about those 37 years. Yeah. So I think it's important yeah. for teens to hear, don't get discouraged. And I, Yeah, and I think relationally there's some good advice here too, right? Like I, going back to what I said about how it's the memories that you don't necessarily, it's not the emotional highs per se at the time, but the memories that created was going through tough times with uh, friends and those friends uh, we've stuck together and the stupid times where we just hung out and had fun. That's what created those lasting relationships. But I think, especially even at the time, the people that really frustrated me, and I think this is really important for high schoolers in general, because you do have that high school drama stereotype, right? The people that frustrated me were really immature and I was really immature. If I met them today, we would sit down for dinner and we'd have a great time and it would not be a big deal. Right, you'd recognize... Be, nobody, you, like we would yeah. laugh about it. It's not a big deal. No, you'd recognize your immaturity. Yeah, and so a lot of the people that you're really frustrated with and that are absorbing your emotional and you, your emotional attention, your mental like strain, and you feel like that they are immature and in 10 years, it won't matter. Yeah, I think you've got to reiterate what you said, though. They're immature and... And you're, you're immature. immature. Yeah. And so, and I, I understand that people get hurt, but you have to, it, again, if you, like, you look at someone who's 32 and they're still talking about their bullies from high school, that's 10 years of wasted time. And, yeah, I, that's, and I, that's hard. Like, you have to work through You're those still things. immature if you're doing that. I know, I know that there's a lot of hurt that comes from that, so I'm not, I don't want to downplay that, but you have to work through that. I agree. Like, you know, it's not, you can't sit worrying about high school bullying. Yeah. I mean, and, I, and that's like, you shouldn't be the high school bully. Like, I'm not saying like what yeah, I'm saying, I, this is, might not be a good subject for me to go because when I was a <laughs> freshman, I don't, yeah. I know this is hard for everybody to believe, but I was a mouth and I was making fun of kids. They picked me up and hung me from a hook by my pants. You know, I was four foot nine and I thought, <laughs> and they, and if there was ever an emotional uh, stress and abuse yeah. in that, I probably came down swinging. They say, "Well, that's your personality." You were yeah. no. I was embarrassed. I was hurt. Right. Right. But I might have deserved it too. Like, I yeah. Really, I just like you can't cling on and hold on to that stuff. You have to give that uh, back and move forward and and help people. So, and it's interesting to see, like, and I, I've seen this story a lot. People who were bullies in high school mature and then feel bad about oh, it. Oh, guilt. And you know what's crazy? And so, and then you see them become good people because they're immature and they matured out of it. Do you know what's really crazy? And I've seen this, and this is actually hard to watch. Are the people who are bullies in high school and they never grew out of it? Don't let someone who, uh, you know, so I said losers earlier, and you're like, that's way too ne negative. But like, you see these people who literally have meaningless lives because they never got past being a high school bully. And they haven't matured past that. And they they work like a lot of times you'll see like them in like manager retail, like not to, you know, there's a lot of good retail managers, but you know, like they have these small jobs where they enjoy petty little privileges over other people and they have very sad lives. Don't let those people dictate the narrative and story of your life. If that's something in high school, college or moving forward. Yes, absolutely. And so, that, as you, if, when you're in high school, you're first encountering that and it's a formative experience for you. See those people for what they are. And don't let them dictate your life to you. So biggest takeaway from today as we close up, give me the biggest takeaway that you have for what we've talked about for teens. I, for me, it, it comes down to two. One is learn who you are and 
it may or may not be reflected in uh, success at school, and that's okay. And the other one is, uh, yeah, actually, and it goes very similar. Like, don't let uh, ideas of high school pressure and popularity dictate your self-worth moving forward. It's not as important as you think. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll add this. Your yeah. identity can't be in those other things that PJ just mentioned. Your identity is in Christ. You're fine where you're at. Yeah. And it's a process. Love it. Thank you. See you, buddy.